The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes after eight. Thanks so much for tuning in to AM Live this morning. And of course, time now for the Forum at Eight. So last week, and I guess uh, the week leading up to that, there was a lot of talk and a lot of hype around track for Mandela leading up to um, Nelson Mandela International Day. And as you know, um, every year South Africans uh, in particular, but not exclusively, uh, would do something, some act of kindness uh, to actually uh, pay tribute uh, to the memory of our late great statesman uh, Nelson Mandela. And One of the causes um, that many South Africans have actually taken to and have really done sterling work for is the cause of young girls in school who miss out on school because they are unable uh, to afford sanitary towels. And this has really sparked uh, quite a bit of activity around the country by various people, various organizations to try and come to the aid of uh, these young girls. Now, the number has been disputed. I think initially it was said that we're talking about 7 million girls, but then um, Africa Check, they went on and looked at that number and they put it more conservatively at around 3.7 million girls. Um, according to the statistics at hand and uh, speaking to various institutions such as the schools, such as a stats essay and looking at uh, census uh, census numbers as well, that um, it is more likely that we have uh, just under 4 million girls who are missing out on school and having their education and thereby their lives interrupted, as it were, and whatever potential they may have, simply because... They cannot afford to buy um, sanitary towels uh, to contend with a natural physiological event that every woman goes through. And uh, for this reason, I think uh, most of us are extremely grateful to the team that decided to take on something that most of us could only ever dream of and uh, never really uh, think of conquering, which is uh, summiting Mount Kilimanjaro in order to help um, uh, this and other worthy causes. And this morning we're paying tribute uh, to not only the team from SABC who kept us you know, abreast of what was happening uh, during this year's summit, uh, but also to uh, Busiso Velani, who is mountaineer extraordinaire. And he was, of course, uh, the uh, expedition guide and team leader on this expedition. And he joins us from our uh, from uh, the from Pumalanga. He's not in our studio, but he is on the line to us from Pumalanga. Busiso, an absolute pleasure speaking to you this morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much. Uh, good morning to you and the listeners and um, and all that will be involved, uh, being Tabo, Julian and Chris. Uh, we, uh, we are very grateful for your time. Thank you for having us. I think this is the least that we can do from our side. And in studio here with me, I'll start with Tabo, Tabo Mudise, who's an SABC News cameraman. Tabo, welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, Jillian Pele, of course, SABC News reporter, also here with us. Good morning, Sakina. Thanks for having us. And sitting in our Cape Town studio is Chris Dippenar, an avid cyclist. Chris, good morning, and thanks for making the time this morning. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wonderful to be here. And I must just say, when I saw the footage of Chris, you know, packing up his bike, I was like, the madness. <laughs> I mean, isn't it crazy enough that someone would take on this task of wanting to summit Kilimanjaro and then he, he, he still has to make it even more difficult by taking a bicycle along. And I tell you what, Chris, after that, when I saw you and, you know, assembling your bike and disassembling it and getting ready, you know, for uh, what you're going to do once you mm-hmm. uh, g- get to the summit and then cycle down. I went and I googled people cycling down mountains and it is the most horrific, scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Chris? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely love cycling and uh, when I heard about um, the trek for Mandela and I thought, you know what, it would be so exciting if uh, there was an opportunity to take my bicycle to Kilimanjaro and uh, at the end of the day, it, it turned out fantastically uh, uh, that I was allowed to take my bicycle and I thought, you know, this bicycle can be used in more ways than one. Look, once we, one thing we're doing is we're raising funds and awareness for caring for girls. But on the other hand, I thought, you know, carrying my bicycle on my back from the start, which was, um, which we started at about 1,800 meters above sea level, and carrying that bicycle all the way to Haruru Peak, which was uh, just under 6,000 meters above sea level, um, could also be used as a as a as a medium to inspire the the young kids of South Africa to show them that the things that kind of seem impossible is really possible if you you know you persevere and you work hard and you are determined. Well, yeah, you know, I'm still not convinced, but yeah, big up to you. Spasiso, I suppose if there's anyone who can convince people to do this. It, it it probably would be you, but uh, no, I, I'm still not doing it. But I must just say, I'm in awe of you, not uh, only of all your achievements of, you know, climbing the highest peaks on each continent um, across uh, the world, but also because you did that double summit. Now, I mean, I mean, Spasiso, talk to us about that. Who does that? Are you human? <laughs> Uh, well, I think that you know you will find a few of us in the world that uh, that just think beyond their limitations. And I thought one day, uh, what would it take really to to go up uh, to Kilimanjaro, reach the summit, and then come back down to the lower camp and go up, go back up again within a short time? And for about two years, I've been just thinking about it. And last year, I tried to sort sell the idea to some of the tribe, the Trek Mandela climbers. I went up with, and they, they, two of them said, "Great, let's do it." So we're three. And as we met this uh, this year's team, there was one other person that wanted felt like it was something exciting. He's, he's climbed Kilimanjaro a number of times, and he never thought about it. So he said, "Well, I would like to join you." So I said, "It's up to you." But I told him beforehand that it wasn't going to be easy. I said to the guys, "Guys, this is going to be very tough," simply because I've been up there many times, and I know every time I come back down from that mountain, I know how tiring it has been. The thought of going back up again was going to be the challenge. So I was very excited to hear that there are three other people that wanted to take up the challenge, and I thought we'll do it this year. So, so we did it actually. Um, and I must say, the first the first summit we went up, it was okay. This is like your normal summit day. Anyway, you don't have anything to worry about, so you just go. We're at the top, and before we even got back down, I could just see from the other 
guy's facial expression. Uh, no, they were not going to go back <laughs> up again. So I, I, I was left alone to do it. And uh, I just gave them, I forgave them because I said, well, it is your idea, civil suicide. So you, you told them that it would be tough and it has been tough. So they are not interested to go back up. And in the evening, they confirmed that, you know what? we don't feel we have the, the motivation and the will to go. Well, I think what played well for me, though, to go back up was it was in two ways. I wanted to do it at the same time. I changed my attitude towards now it's not just you playing up on this mountain. You have got a responsibility. You've got 17 people to look after, so you go. And then I picked myself up, and I found the energy to do that. But it really was tough. And the only the challenge I had to face on the night people wanted to know, it wasn't a physical challenge for me. It was just a mental challenge because I, I really wanted to rest and sleep and, and I couldn't get that. So it was just battling around those two, wanting to just go back down and sleep. But I realized you've got people to look after and I pushed myself and I did it. Again, to what Chris has said, anyway, you should push yourself, you, with, with, you persevere with determination and eventually you see what, what it is true. Really. Like it always seems impossible until it's done. Nelson Mandela said that. See, I want to speak to the doctor. I want to know if you're human. I need to be convinced. The, the challenge you will have, Sakina, is that uh, no doctor will actually tell you how, how well you will fare on any adventure. They will probably all bring their own theories, but I tell you, up until you've tried and done it, you will never know, and no doctor will know. No, we need to study you. There's something uh, that's different about you, I'm convinced. <laughs> And then, of course, thank you so much uh, to all of you, you know, for documenting what was going on. And um, the SABC team, we're very proud and, and we claim uh, their summit as our own. They've summited. I've summited twice because of the two of them. <laughs> but, you know, Jillian, this was your second. This was uh, my second. Okay. Why? <laughs> you know, like Sibyl Cecil says, when you in the moment, it's tough. But once it's all settled in and you look at this great achievement and you come home to what we came home to last Thursday, I mean, people treat us like we're just like different, like you say, you know. It's, you it's, are different. It's just amazing to, to do something. It's, it's a small gesture, a big gesture, yes, but also a small gesture. We could have given money, but we chose to go up there. And how amazing for us to be able to document what Sibusius has done, what Chris has done. And I have to mention what Vadno Kruna has done. I mean, what all these guys have done, you know, selling her tongue and them, to document, the, you know, the elation and the tears, it's, it's something second to none. It's absolutely amazing. And Tabo, I must tell you, you were, you were not here, but uh, speaking to Jillian on Friday, um, she had the most beautiful things to say about you. Because, you know, uh, she was saying she had to, you know, walk, you know, get herself up, you know, speak a little bit here or there. But she says you, you were the real hero because you had to carry your equipment as well and make sure that you are capturing everything that was mm -hmm. happening. Honestly, um, <clears throat> it wasn't easy. But uh, one thing that made it for me possible was the group itself. We had so much laughter. And especially Mr. Villani, um, he's my hero. Uh, I told him that you are my inspiration because now and again, I will have a chat with him. I said, like, what is it that I need to do? And, you know, because I didn't want to step out of the line and whatever. And then the tips that he gave me, because he was saying, as much as I want you to do your job, my first priority 
is your health and your well-being. I don't want you to come here and burn yourself out. And he said something to me like, if you start something, you must stay with it until to the end. And it reminded me of one of my quotes that I put on my WhatsApp group as in like, you walk and conquer as one. So if it was not of the group effort, I wouldn't have made it. It's not about Tabo. It's about everybody who was there, who gave me the support, me and Jillian and Michael from uh, ENCA. Um, Everybody was like, we were like a family, which made, it humbled me very much. There was a time where it was cold and we were struggling to send our visuals through. Everybody was sharing their 3G. Everybody was standing with us outside. They could have just taken, you know what, they sit in the room and get warm and whatever, but everybody was involved. And of course, um, following the tragedy that occurred last year, uh, so were you at any point rather anxious, you know, going up this time around? Sakina, no, 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 I, I wasn't. Uh, I think I probably made my mind very clear um, after after the unfortunate incident uh, relating to Guguzulu last year that um, whatever whatever else would happen to help me as a leader and um, having having gone through the, the traumatic experiences of last year, the only time I can just feel uh, like there's a little bit of a sense of healing and closure, it was for me to go back up, and it took me about 12 months to go back. So I wanted to go there and relieve the emotions, and then hoping that after that I would, I would have overcome the thoughts of, of that tragedy. So I was in no doubt, and I was very excited and delighted to find that there were 21 other people who signed up immediately and said, we are going next year. And that sort of gave me the confidence that let's go and do this, obviously putting our, our hopes to the Almighty to say mm. he's not going mm. to give us another incident um, filled expedition this year. So my hopes are quite high that we're more, we were more likely to go up and come back down safe and, um, and, and victorious as we did really. So I, I was very delighted to have people go join up because I thought last year that maybe it would be myself and Richard who was behind this mm. whole thing that we go back, who started the whole thing in back, way back in 2012. To see that many, to see the likes of Tabo coming in and say we are going and want to document the climb was pretty amazing. And it also helped to have Letsejo, uh, Letsejo Zulu with us as well, as well as Silohatang, the CEO of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. I mean, mm. there's, no, uh, there's no way one could just feel a little bit uh, anxious about the whole thing. And I think we salute all of you guys. And I think this was probably the best tribute to Gugu Zulu as well. Chris, what was for you the most difficult moment? <laughs> Uh, the, the first uh, two days of, of climbing was uh, super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of uh, was saying to Silla Tang, uh, I remember the evening when we pulled away on our um, on our bid for the for the summit. Uh, we pulled away about eleven o'clock at night, and I remember I was about two or three hours into the walk, and I said, "Ah, I could do this all day," you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, till sunrise came and we uh, got to the top of Gilman Point and uh, all of a sudden oxygen started leaving the uh, red blood cells and uh, the, this bicycle that I was carrying on my back all of a sudden felt like a ton and my legs started feeling like lead and at that moment 
you know, you get to a point in your life where you realize, okay, this mountain's talking to me, and it's like, listen, uh, you need to work with me. And I think we all, you know, tap into that um, that deep place within our within our uh, minds, and you know, it might it be religious or might it be something else, but we really tap into that place where it says, look, I cannot do this on my own, and I really had to dig deep. And I had to kind of embrace all the elements and then, you know, take it one step at a time. I mean, I, 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 it, it felt like forever. And it, it was four steps and I had to stop and I had to breathe and another four steps, stop and breathe. But eventually, um, eventually I made it. But I, but I must say, I, I, I say to everybody, I think, you know, I don't cry. My wife says, to, she just doesn't know why I don't cry, but I don't cry. I'm not sure why. But on that mountain, it made me cry four times. Uh, four times, yeah. So it was... Uh, it was quite an experience, but a humbling experience, uh, nevertheless. It was, um, it was really, really, really fantastic. But through all of that, did you ever think of ditching the bike? Well, you know, the, 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 the main uh, or the chief guy did pull me aside before we did the summit in the evening. He said, uh, listen, Chris, we're a little bit concerned and we're not sure if this is... Uh, if this is actually possible and look if you up the mountain and uh, you feel you can't do it anymore we'll just leave the bike wherever we you know wherever we leave it and i don't think anybody's going to take the bike and run away with it and we'll just pick it up <laughs> when we come back down and uh, i said look uh, first prize we get to the top and worst case scenario we'll just leave the bike on the side of the mountain but uh, i still remember i was probably a few hundred meters away from summit and my uh, we, we had such fantastic uh, guides with us, and they were so helpful and, and so supportive. And I just remember the guy telling me, um, Chris, listen, let me take your bike. Let me take your bike. You know, uh, j- you know, it's just a few more meters. Let me just take your bike. And I was like, listen, no, no, no. We're going to defeat the whole, uh, you know, the whole purpose of coming here, you know, was to carry my own bike from the bottom to the summit. So, um, so, so, yeah, I, I, I made it. It was, it was tough, but um, it was all worthwhile. Eh? And one can only imagine the euphoria of finally getting to the top and that feeling of, yay, I've made it, I've conquered. Mm. And, and, and Tawa, you were telling me that for you, it didn't sink in immediately because you had a job to do. Yeah, for me, <laughs> um, as much as it was tough, it was rough, and it wasn't easy, but Mr. Velani made it clear to us that it's possible that you can make it. Uh, it's not about your strength. Is when your mind and your spiritual being, no matter who you believe your spiritual being is, are aligned. There's, there comes a time where your strength just give up on you. The person in you just give up on you. So you have to really, really dig deep into that place, like uh, um, everybody's saying. So when we get to Uhuru, for me, it was about catching the moment at that time you know everybody was hugging each other and then people were crying and whatever pictures were taken it was i think 10 or 15 minutes into us being there <laughs> when actually they were taking my picture and i was like hey Tao, you've made it you know <laughs> and 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 i pretend as i like nothing's happening i remember i took my camera i walk away from everybody aside and that's when i shed a tear you know and then i realized that you know what this was not easy, but because of togetherness and we can make it and everything that we will put our minds in it. 
Well, we're speaking to uh, four of the climbers that took part in the 2017 trek for Mandela Kilimanjaro expedition. And uh, we have with us this morning uh, SABC News reporter Gillian Pillay, uh, Tabo Mudise, SABC News cameraman Chris Dibbenar as an avid cyclist uh, who joins us from our Cape Town studio and out in Mpumalanga, mountaineer extraordinaire and the expedition uh, leader Spusiso Velani. And we'll open the line shortly uh, so that uh, you can also weigh in and I'll read some of the the messages coming through 891 is the call-in number you can tweet to facebook at am live on safm or at sakina kamwendo and send us an sms to the number 40938 sakina kamwendo on safm and uh just uh speaking to the guys in studio here uh pole pole is what they say slow pole slow pole. so so jillian is still on that slow slow mode of doing everything <laughs> even though she's back home let me a few messages because we're coming up to news time so we'll take some calls after the news break. Um, a major general says, SK, your guests inspire me so much. This is incredibly remarkable. It's heartwarming and amazing. A beautiful story indeed. Um, Matthews says, uh, it's about time you joined next year, Sakina. <coughs> <coughs> Edward Temba says, no, SK, you can't claim it. You need to go climb those mountains. No cheating. I tell you what, I'm perfectly happy to be a cheerleader there at base camp, <laughs> you know, uh, making sure you guys have enough to eat and drink when you come back. I'll massage your feet and whatever else. I'm, I'm, I know my limitations. I'm happy to do that. Ngosnati Wald says, I would like to know how can I join and be part of the climbers uh, for a track for Mandela? I'm really, really interested. And Innocentia says, this is so inspiring. Uh, you walk and conquer together and to get to the top together. Wow. Uh, this is what we as young people need to hear. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. And thanks for staying with us here on AM Live's um, uh, Forum at 8. And today we host four of the climbers who took part in the 2017 trek for Mandela Kilimanjaro expedition. The aim of the trek was to help raise awareness around the need for sanitary childs for underprivileged schoolgirls. A trek for Mandela team says uh, that they reached that fundraising goal. Um, 500,000 girls, or half a million this year, will be benefiting from their efforts. So I think for that alone, a great applause to all of you. Thank you so much for making all of us look good. And in case you missed it, we are speaking to Spusiso Velani. We also have Jillian Pele, Tabu Mudise and Chris Dippenar uh, with us this morning. And uh, the lines are open 891 We'll take those calls shortly. Um, uh, there is a, a song a request for you guys. SK, I dedicate R. Kelly's song, World's Greatest uh, to that team of climbers who did it for Madiba, Gugu and all the young girls. Couldn't have said it better there, Edward. And then um, uh, Eddie says, congratulations to the team uh, on the successful uh, summit. Uh, They did it for a noble cause. They did it for the restoration of the girl child's dignity. I'm happy to announce on air that I approach uh, Tukulo uh, Mazui, uh, who's a therapist in Valcom, about his social responsibility and his response was a positive one. So as NGOs, we rely on the assistance from businesses and their CSI um, uh, uh, components to reclaim someone else's dignity. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much uh, for that as well, Eddie in Wodendalsres. And uh, Teminkosi Ngoma in uh, Cape Town says, congratulations to all the climbers and thank you for inspiring us. And of course, 
Spusiso, many people now also thinking, okay, if Jillian, uh, this little Jillian here can do it, <laughs> uh, maybe I can take my chances. But, you know, how does one actually prepare if you are thinking of doing this? Yeah, well, I- I'll start by thanking everyone else that is really um, congratulating us and sending us those messages. We-, we feel encouraged as well when we hear that, and that is what keeps us going all the time. Now, the question is, how does one prepare to join for this thing? Um, look, I-, I don't think it starts with the preparation. It just starts, starts with the decision, in my case. You just decide, this is really what I want to do. And, and uh, even the climbers, I told them the most important question for me for anyone else to ask themselves before they sign up is why do I want to do this? Because it's not one thing that you can just get up in the morning and say I want to do it. Because you will need to know why every step of the way. That question has to be clearly understood in your heart. Why did you sign up in the first place? Because if when, when, when things are really rough out there, it will be that why that will keep you going. Or if you don't have that why, then it will be easy for you to give up before we even go. So once you've made the decision that for these reasons, I want to do this. Then, then we started the preparation. And preparation to answer that question shortly, you just have to get into the habit of walking, hiking, if you will, in the wilderness area, in your area where you are. You don't have to specifically go anywhere. But when when the team has been put together for the track for for that particular year, then we have got a scheduled group trainings, which some of them happen in the Drakensberg. But just to physically put people into having an idea of what they will be going through up on the mountain. It may not be the altitude, but the physical terrain does help a lot to understand this is what you will deal with when you go. So in short, that is what it will take, really. It's just decide you want to join and why, and then we put together a training program for, for the team that where we go and train together and people train individually, and, and then we go from there. Chris, what did you do to get ready? Well, I... Uh <laughs> me and Table Mountain were like uh, two peas in a pod. We, 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 I was out on the mountain every week, at least twice a week, doing uh, doing training uh, sessions at Platyclip. Um And uh, I bought myself a, a yearly pass, so I take the cable car down and then go back down to the mm-hmm. bottom and then back up again. And uh, that prepared me well to navigate with a bike uh, through the rocks and uh, over big boulders and coming back down again. And I think that also aided me well, especially with the summit night where we were, you know, moving between very tight spaces. And, the, uh, you know, the weight isn't so much of a deterrence for me. It's really the awkward shape of the bike that's on my back. But uh, I think that training definitely played a huge role in uh, me getting through that very tricky bit of the of summit night. You should see his carb Sakina. It's oh. something else. <laughs> Uh, pictures, <laughs> pictures, pictures. Is there? Did you take pictures of that, anyone? We, we have. Okay, Jillian will post yeah. those. So, so, did you eventually ride down? I did. Yes, I. Ooh, um, I can't watch. I. I've got some fantastic footage that I just got. I had a GoPro on my chest and I had another GoPro on my helmet, and I was just looking through all this footage last night, and it was, uh, it was incredible. I mean, it's not often that. Uh, our cyclists, especially a lot of us coming from, from Cape Town, have the opportunity to cycle on, on, on Kilimanjaro. Um, so it was, it was fantastic. So I couldn't, I couldn't uh, actually cycle any of the route from Summit down to Kiba, but from Kiba Hut, which is sitting about 4,700 meters, 
I then cycled back to Arumbo, and then the following day I cycled from Arumbo Hut, which was sitting at 3,700 meters, all the way down to to the gate, which was absolutely insane. So uh, it was it was magical, really, really magical. I'm having palpitations just <laughs> listening to that. Uh, uh, Chris, please, will you share that with us? I, I, I will. You mean the footage? The footage, or, yes, the footage. I will, I will, no, no, I no, will. no, trust me, we don't want to go down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> just sharing the footage with us. And I then will, I will. the SABC crew, Jillian, the stairs in this building came in handy, didn't they? We, we had about 11 floors, and um, I work every alternate weekend. So when everyone leaves the building, I walked up those stairs 10 times. I took the lift down took the stairs, took the lift down, and that's what really helped in Westcliff. And I'm an avid runner, so that, but the stairs really, I, I focus a lot on stairs, on, on working on the stairs. Tabo? Same uh, TV center stairs, the parking lot, and the radio park. Once a week, is either Monday or Friday, uh, from Ground 4 to 28th, you use the stairs once a week. And running, it really, really helped very much. Okay, let me read a few more messages here. Tebo <laughs> Mbali um, uh, says, uh, your guests are always on point, always glued to my radio, and uh, thanks for your efforts here. Um, Captain Lule says, uh, uh, rather, okay, I think I mixed those two messages up. I'll sort it out now. Um, Koza Irvin says, does climbing Mount Kilimanjaro require you to be physically fit? Hmm. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. Hule uh, says, um, why do we have to wait for someone to risk their life and climb a mountain in order for us to donate? Let's just donate, even without the risk. And uh, Matuli says, uh, thanks to all your guests, SK. Um, they are the pride of the nation. And thanks for giving so much uh, to those young girls. 891 will take some calls. But I just want to know, Spussy, so have you had any negative um, comments, you know, about what you do and uh, the reasons behind uh, this particular venture? No, 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 Sakina. I've never had uh, any negative comments um, from anybody, except that when 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 people realise how, how difficult it is, I wouldn't say dangerous, how tough it is to do what we do uh, in, in supporting the various courses that we do. People say to me sometimes, but there, there are easier ways to to raise awareness and raise money. Uh, I say, well, good for you, but I, I found that this is my one that I can I can use to influence what are the courses I support. So so it will always vary from one person to another how they see it. And people end up leaving you with this with a, rather you than me in any way, which I also very much appreciate. <laughs> and um, and, and for, to, again, going back to the person that says, why do we have to take risks to do this thing? Why don't we just donate? Unfortunately, it doesn't come that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one will really have the interest to talk about it when, when you are not putting your life at risk and then it's only then when they say, but why would you want to do that? And you happen to explain it profoundly to say, well, for me, I have to take the risk to help others. And, and unfortunately, that's how it is. 
it does not just ha- happen like that. Nobody would be interested to talking to me if I say I'm going to run another 42, 42 uh, kilometers beating a marathon to raise awareness. No one will have the interest to even talk to me about that. But if I say I'm going to climb Mount Everest for a cause, people are interested to talk about it, and that is when then I, I, get, I get the interest and people understand there is a problem that we need to address. And if this person is going that far to try and address it, why am I sitting not doing it wherever I am comfortable? Mm. Mikonas uh, asks a question, says, help my ignorance. And it's not ignorant. Um, uh, the only stupid question is the one that's not asked. I mean, if you don't know, you mm. ask. Um, and yeah. Mikonas asks, um, how are the funds raised uh, through these expeditions? Is it through sponsorships only? How actually then do you get the funds? Sp- yes. Sp- yeah, the funds are, are raised by the by the people that join us. Like, I'll make an example. The this time we had 21 climbers with us, and each each and every one of them had gone out to their various networks and 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 appealed to people to support them, and and then giving them the funds, and then that funds goes to to the Imbumba Foundation, which runs the program uh, for the Caring for Girls program. And it is either in, in money and then or either in facilities because the, the case here we are raising sanitary towels. We had Discam with their million comforts where if you go to a Discam shop, you buy a pack of, uh, of sanitary pads, you draw, you drop it into the bin. I think during this year's campaign, they raised about about 12 million pads. So it comes in two ways, either with that resource or in cash. And all the details are found in the trackformandela.com website or imbumafoundation.com website, .org website. And, and then it is easy. Um, that's how we, we access the funds. We don't, we don't get given individually, except if you are the particular climber who goes to your networks or the corporate to say, I'm looking for, I'm asking for so much to go and climb Kilimanjaro as part of the Track for Mandela and Caring for Girls 2017. And, and then when they give you that money, then it gets deposited into into the uh, foundation. So we're going to take a few calls on 891 uh, speaking to four of the climbers who took part in this year's uh, track for Mandela Kilimanjaro expedition. Um, Edward says, Chris's crying was locked up for a long time, but I think <laughs> track for Mandela has unlocked that now and he'll be crying every day from here on in. And uh, um, then this one from uh, Makosi, uh, or Manko Nkosi says, I'd be right there with you at the base camp, Sakina. I'm really touched by the determination to uh, to uh, try and dignify the South African girl. And uh, then uh, this one from um, Apiwe Honono here, one of our producers here at SAM says, I have seen Tabo running up and down the stairs, <laughs> and I didn't realize he was training for the track, Aww. though. So let's uh, take some calls on 0891-104-208. Our guest this morning, uh, just again, we have Spusi Sovelani, uh, Julian Pele, Tabo Mudise, and Chris Depenar. Uh Let's start in Kruenstadt. Hojani uh, Madiba, good morning to you. How are you? We are very well, thanks. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, congratulations to all of those guys who who climbed the mountain on for the good cause. It was indeed I saw them on TV. It was Thank in good, you. marvelous, and it was. You know, I wish I could be there, but it was marvelous. Thank you. Look, Thank Sakina, you. I just wanted to I just wanted to find out. Uh, I don't want to go long. Our organization, All Neighbors Foundation, 
advocating for social cohesion, how would they join? Because we, we have got lots of reasons to join uh, this, uh, you know, track uh, for you know, you know for a good cause. One, one, just to cite one, maybe to enlighten the people the importance of social cohesion between South Africans and foreigners. As we go there wearing, you know, you know, our our our, our umbrella or our cap of All Neighbors Foundation, it could be one of the reasons that you want to join. Uh, so could you please explain and uh, let your guest explain mm-hmm. how do we join and things like that. Uh, uh, we would like as, as an organization to join them next year. And that's a good cause. Thanks mm-hmm. so much, uh, Hojane. We'll get an answer for you. Um, let's go to Kimberly now. Maputle, good morning. Morning, thank you. How are you? Well, and you? Fine, thanks. Uh, no, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful experience to summit uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Congratulations to those guys there in the studio. Thank you. However, Thank I've you. got a little little bit of concern. Uh, you know, we have got these young poor girls that you guys are saying you are summiting the mountains for. But why do you have to do that? For me, it seems like you are displaying their plight, you know, for all to see. But they, if you look at the acts of you know, what you guys are doing, for me, it appears to be self-serving, selfish. I don't agree with that. If you want to summit the mountain, do it on your own for yourself. Don't use our young, poor, black girls. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Maputo. Well, let me start. Uh, Jillian, you seem a bit perplexed there. (laughs) So, again, you've seen the stories that we've done. We've put a face to this campaign. We're not using anyone for self-service, as he's saying. We have gone out there, we've documented, we've captured what these what girls are going through. People don't really know what they're going through. Would, would they have be, been better off if we didn't put a human face to this? So we did put a human face to this. We listened to their testimonies. It's quite horrific. And um, something like, like Sibusiso says, not everyone's going to agree with what we do. Not everyone is going to be for it. This is what we, this is how we chose to to raise awareness, like he said, um, if you're going to run a 42 marathon, no one's really going to pay attention, but say I'm going to go to Kilimanjaro to make a mark, to bring about awareness for the girl child that has to stay out of school for up to 50 days a year. It's a lot of school days missed. It is a lot of school and days. And if people really can go into these communities, I mean, Tar and I, we were reduced to tears at the Winile Secondary School to listen to these girls' testimonies. Tabo? Um for me as a man <clears throat> i won't say it's self-centered uh, if you go to rural places even in towns if you hear stories of these young girls they're using newspapers toilet papers and to an extent cloth and it really affects their health and those kind of sanitary pads as a man that's the thing that for me we take for granted some of us as men we actually we have never even touched a sanitary pad like as part of our grocery so if it will mean um, I have to do something or risk my life to do something for that young girl mm-hmm. out there, I will con- continuously and always do that. Chris, what's your take? How do you respond to what Tabo has just said? Look, we all know there's a, there's, there's a, there's a plight out there and, and young, young uh, girls are missing 50 days, up to 50 days of schools because they don't have the necessary basics um, to their availability. 
But uh, just getting back to, you know, why we do what we do, I, I think all of us, um, you know, we, we, we could have all just decided, yes, we want to go climb Kilimanjaro and make it all about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's definitely twofold. We we go there for our own personal wise. But at the end of the day, like I share with so many of my friends, I say, you know, how wonderful is it to go on a wonderful adventure like this? but also do it for a good cause. Um, and I don't think there's many people that can really say that. And when you speak to a lot of people on the mountain, um, I, I don't think I met a single person, um, excluding our own team, that was doing it for another reason but for themselves. So um, I, I do think going out there and doing uh, you know, wonderful work for, for causes or for charities uh, yeah. should, be, should be done and uh, shouldn't just be done for the reason of ticking that box and saying, I've done it. So, so once again, you know, fantastic that you know everybody's gone out there and and, and did this fantastic journey for a fantastic cause. Mm. And and then this, I guess, is why I asked the question earlier because inevitably there will be the detractors. Of course, so. Yeah. And um, here's a tweet from at Liberals Are Naive who says, um, "There's so many mountains in the Eastern Cape in Lesotho. Why choose Mount Kilimanjaro?" Why choose Mount Kilimanjaro? Because that is the mountain that appeals to us. Um, Kilimanjaro, being an African highest mountain, has got that, that, that. In fact, many people will climb Kilimanjaro, but we say to them, okay, instead of you just going it as a personal ambition to climb Kilimanjaro because they want to, why don't you join us for the trek and caring for girls, which mm. will be much more than yourself doing it, and then you'll be doing good for others while you are enjoying what you're. You, you really wanted to do so it's not because we we're not trying to encourage people to climb Kilimanjaro if you if you go around and ask I give I give talks every now and then and every time before I leave one or two people will say Kilimanjaro is one of the things in my bucket list of things to do so there, there is the interest on that mountain to go and therefore mm-hmm. we just say why don't you do it for a much more better meaningful reason or cause than just you going out with your ambition, personal ambition to go and do it. And mm-hmm. as a result, we get the people like Chris, like Gillian, like Cabo, and all the others that joined us. We were many, we were 22 in total. Mm-hmm. We all, they're not here with us, but they did that. So those are people that we get to say, okay, it's something that I want to do, therefore I will do it for the cause. So people, if they feel that they have other mountains in their area where they feel they can just use for the help others then mm. they're they're all happy to go and go to those mountains and the Lesotho's and everywhere but our one our chosen one is Kilimanjaro for this cause and the reality of the world we live in is that you have to do something that's almost extraordinary, extraordinary. for mm. people to take note of uh, what it is uh, to draw attention to the cause mm. and the plight that you are trying to highlight and for me it's just this isn't child's play. Mm-mm. This is yeah. literally risking your life. Yes, it is. It is. Well, you, you said it right. Yes, it is. But for for me, that is that is where I get the added inspiration and motivation to keep going. When I know I've put my life on the line for someone else, and that that is what fulfills me, mm. and that is where I feel I am serving. I don't think I can serve others in a much more better way than just using my natural. Uh, abilities and talents that God has blessed me with. I don't want to sit with this physical board that can, uh, and can do things, not just for me, but for others. And then I go. I feel okay with that. I'm happy with that. doesn't matter how, the risk, how big the risk is 
and the risks the risk I, this is I take it just make me grow as a person because it is through risk that we learn uh, of how capable we are and what are our weaknesses and all mm. for me to be able to go out there and try and identify those for myself yet at the same time benefiting benefiting others I won't stop and it has been hugely successful and highlighting this plight that I think for a long time was just the silent agony of many who just didn't have, whom the world just didn't focus on. And now we can sit here today, you know, looking at numbers and, and specifically drilling down and uh, we can, you know, just rattle those off because suddenly everybody knows and everybody exactly. is concerned about this particular issue. But let's take a few more calls. 891 um, uh, Faisal is in Durban. Good morning, Faisal. Good morning, Sakina. Uh, uh, well done. Uh, my, my donation went to a good cause. Uh, I think the one mountain that we all need to climb is the mountain as to help as many more people as we can. Yes. And But however, there's one thing I would like to comment. Every time I saw the advert on SABC, I found it very belittling for young black girls to be holding up sanitary pads in their hands and being very happy about it. But I feel that is uh, a secret thing, you know, it's something that it's a woman thing. You don't just advertise it like that. But however, the cause is good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Faisal in Durban. Um, Padiachi, good morning to you. Hi, good morning to you. I want to say first, congratulations to the team. Well done. Okay. I want to say that it is, it, in my opinion, I think it's fantastic that whatever an individual decides to do. Mm-hmm. He does it in his fulfillment for others to benefit. So in the manner in which they went about compromising all that they stood for, for the benefit of others, is an achievement. And I think we must look at it this positively because in both ways, we fulfill our self-endowment in fulfilling others' needs. And for that, I want to compliment them. I wish I could be as uh, fit as they are <laughs> and, 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 and follow the route. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, sir. Thanks Great so much. Idea. Thanks, uh, Pariachi. And uh, one more call. Let's squeeze in one more. Uh, Hastapura and Pitratif, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Mr. Tia. Well, and you? Great. Um, just want to applaud the guys for the great work they've done. Thank you, sir. And um, I'm saying don't worry about what people are saying about you being selfish, you know, climbing the mountain. People don't understand. It's, it's, you know, making people, you know, taking, you know, it's about awareness, you know. People don't understand. You don't go there because you are not an adventure and you, you want to feel good. It's you to say to the world, look, there is a problem. You're screaming on top of the mountain so everybody can listen. So guys, well done. We, the, the, those are the kind of people this country needs. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye. Thank you, Astapura. And then um, Carol and Howick says, uh, salutations to your guest, uh, to the Sour Grapes Brigade. I say simply, <laughs> um, what have you done for others lately? Uh, when we stop challenging ourselves, we surrender to mediocrity and complacency. Thank you. That's from Carol and Howick. And uh, Spamandla Nene says, the issue 
issue of sanitary towels is a very disturbing one. Uh, look, condoms are free. Uh, mm-hmm. In uh, many public organizations, this too should be free. And unfortunately, <coughs> it's going to take, you know, um, Herculean efforts like these uh, uh, that, that, uh, that our guests this morning have embarked on to bring our attention uh, mm-hmm. to these particular issues. So I think I speak for many a South African and many mm-hmm. a, um, a listener to SAFM this morning when I say thank you so much um, for allowing all of us to shine through your efforts. Thank you so much. I want to thank all South Africans for this opportunity. Um, we gave our lives. It's not because of us. Yeah. It's not about an individual here. It's all about the purpose and about the vision. And the vision is to see each and every girl not missing a school or a class. Thank you, Tabo Jillian. Can they keep SMSing to that number? 42513 Jillian, Tabo M, Sibu Chris, any name that was part of this team to 42513 to just provide a go with a month supply of sanitary towels. Chris? Guys, thank you for having us uh, this, this morning and uh, thank you to South Africa for all the support um, and for all of those that uh, contributed to Caring for Girls. We love you guys and we appreciate each and every one of you. Spusiso. Well, we thank you, Sakina, for your time and we thank you for the listeners and everyone else that contributed this morning. But more than that, we thank everybody that supported the cause when we started uh, about, about a week ago up until now. But we say that it is not done yet. We should just keep on going. The journey continues for us. We will only stop when there is no girl that misses their school because of the lack of sanitary towers. We thank you for, for your support. Well, thanks to all of you. And uh, thanks uh, to the listeners as well. Your participation greatly appreciated this morning and always.